The biggest area of focus for us is how do we continue to over-deliver. When you're at the stage where you can take a company that has thousands of employees and get them set up on a full corporate card and corporate expense management solution in like an hour versus weeks or months, it's really powerful. When you can put in some basic insights that you can deliver to companies to say, here's in real time where you're spending, where you can save to drive that 3.3% or more savings for them. Hi everyone, it's Julie Verhage Greenberg here with your Tux Time podcast from FinTech Today where we talk about all things FinTech. And in this episode, I am joined by Colin Kennedy, the Chief Business Officer at Ramp. And I'm excited to talk to Colin because yes, Ramp is a very hot company right now, but he's also had a ton of experience at other FinTech companies. He's been at Stripe, he's been at Clarity Money, which was acquired by Goldman to be weaved into their Marcus product. He worked at Amex for a little bit. Like you were in FinTech before it was FinTech, Colin. You, you were an expert on this space. It just makes me old, Julie, but thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Not old at all. I think you just caught onto the trend at a young age and Words dove lucky. right into it. Yeah, indeed, exactly. Indeed. So tell me a little bit. So we're talking today uh, when you guys are announcing your funding, even though this is coming out in a few weeks, it, you might even have another funding round to announce in a few weeks based on how quickly you guys have drawn interest in raised funding rounds. So tell me a little bit about the the one that is coming out on, on August 24th while we're talking though. <laughs> while we're talking. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to see you again. It's great to talk to everybody. Uh, we are really excited at Ramp because this latest funding puts us in even a better position to just deliver more for our users. Um, as you probably know, Ramp very much focused on how do we help companies save very effectively. Uh, with the funding news does come news of our acquisition of Buyer, which is one of our uh, first acquisitions and gives us another pillar, another set of resources to really double down on that commitment to our users, which is to help them save as effectively as possible. So for us, Really excited to, to certainly have the funding, but excited from the perspective of it gives us more resources to use to really build more great products that continue to resonate in the market. And that is why we will be uh, heads down for a while trying to deliver whatever we can for customers. Yeah, in, uh, in Eric's, uh, one of your co-founders' blog post on the announcement, one of the headlines in here is, tomorrow is day 891 for Ramp. It You're is. not even a thousand days old at this point. That you've not- accomplished so much. You are kind. We appreciate it. We take we count it day by day, and it's uh, something Eric started as our CEO and, and co-founder from the beginning that really helps infuse the company culture of let's take every day as a chance to deliver. Let's take none of this for granted and ensure that we can continue to deliver more and more uh, for a lot of great customers that we've had from uh, from day one and that we continue to acquire. So for us, it's all about how do we help them save more? How do we make the software easier to use? And uh, at day 892 and beyond, there'll be a lot more to do. So tell me a little bit more about what companies are your current sweet spot? Because I remember before the pandemic, I had grabbed breakfast with Eric and Charlie Ma, who was actually at your company at that time, um, to just talk about what you guys were doing. And I think at that point, you were around like 365 or 400 and something days old. So almost double at this point, which is crazy to think about. But tell me, you started off focusing on much smaller companies that were at sort of like a focusing a lot on growth. Uh, is that still the case or are you branching out a bit and how have your offerings changed in the last uh, you know few hundred days? Yeah, so I'd say two things. So one in terms of customer focus, uh, we very much focused on companies um, that are initially in the stage of anywhere from 30 to 50 to hundreds of employees. And I say focus, but much more from the standpoint of where the growth happen organically. So our focus as a company has been very much on product development, product growth, 
Uh, we've started increasingly to, quote, ramp up our go-to-market efforts and have more direct interactions with, with customers. Um, that's naturally led to a, a nice evolution of our customer base, where you see customers across so many different verticals, um, not just, quote, digi more digitally oriented customers who we certainly love, but also com uh, customers in more traditional lines of business. Company size now varies anywhere from smaller companies with tens of employees to larger public companies in the thousands. And it's kind of fun for us to see how the, the use cases, getting back to the core value prop on making the software very easy to use, integrating corporate spend and expense management, um, helping companies reconcile their books faster. It's almost doubled 80%, 86% faster when companies are using ramp. Companies on average saving 3.3%. These are value props that resonate across all different customer segments. So it's kind of fun for us to see larger companies increasingly using ramp in addition to, in addition to smaller companies. Um, to the second part of your question, it is really fun for us also to figure out we're in this lucky position where we have great customers, great team, Fundraising's gone well. How do you use this to deliver more value? I talked a little bit about the buyer acquisition, which is certainly one big pillar for us. Um, it's really exciting now to be able to go to companies and say, hey, here are areas where you are uh, spending more than you should based on benchmarks. We have the data. We see your data. Let us help you renegotiate some of these contracts, um, some of these deals to give you even more savings. And the buyer team is just fantastic at doing that. Uh, some of us thought we knew how to negotiate until we talked to them and saw the great work that they did. So that's one big area. And the second, uh, the second area really goes to some different controls that we're putting in place around how do we help companies much more effectively control or manage or influence where their employees spend in control from the standpoint of you want to empower employees to spend where they want to spend, where it's most effective and best for the company. And sometimes as a, a CFO or a controller, you want to put in some uh, easy protocols in place to help mitigate the work employees can spend. Ramped up lets companies do that really, really easily. So for us, it's been a lot of investment in how do you make that ability for companies to integrate their expense, their expense management with their corporate solution uh, much, much easier for companies to implement. And that's something we're going to continue to, uh, to focus on. So what are some of the biggest challenges you guys face? Is it, you know, getting the word out about Ramp to get companies to use you? Is it getting them to switch to you? Is it that, you know, it is an increasingly competitive space? Is it being able to hire the right talent to be able to build everything you want to do? Like what, what keeps you up at night as the chief business officer over there? <laughs> Yeah, so I'd say luckily we, we we all sleep generally well, but we take nothing for granted. Um, I'd, I'd say the biggest area of focus for us is how do we continue to ensure that we're over-delivering on any promises to customers and how are we continuing to bring in great talent? Um, I've been lucky to work at some some great pl places and Ramp is the, the best team I've been a part of. It's fantastic to see the development team that we have, the product team that we have, the go-to-market team that we have where everybody is really focused on how do we maximize what we can deliver to, to customers. And that involves some of the things you were asking about in terms of developments or innovations to make the initial onboarding for customers really easy. When you're at the stage where you can take a company that has thousands of employees and get them set up on a full corporate card and corporate expense management solution in like an hour versus weeks or months, it's really powerful. And that resonates. When you can put in some basic insights that you can deliver to companies to say, here's in real time where you're spending, where you can save to drive that 3.3% or more savings for them. Those are powerful things. And it takes a lot of 
fantastic engineering and product talent. So I think our, our focus is to continue to ensure we bring that talent in and continue to ensure our mindsets, as we've been lucky to grow tremendously, is around how do we continue to over-deliver. So those are two areas, I think, where, where you'll see us continue to focus. Over the next 891 days, what should we be expecting from Ramp? Should we be expecting more products? Should we be expecting just like even better services and capabilities on the current offerings you have, geographical expansion? I mean, there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, it's exciting. So I think two things. One, you should certainly expect some new, new product announcements. Um, we're, we're excited about some things that, uh, that will be coming up across, let's say, the next few months. So certainly new product announcements. And then secondly, you should expect us to continue to really double down on these commitments to work across different size companies to continue to drive more and more savings, give companies more insight, making the product that much easier to use, and really a chance for, for companies across, all at this point, all sorts of verticals, all different sizes, to be able to enjoy more of the benefits that used to be reserved for uh, companies that were spending a lot more and doing a lot of customized solutions, you now get that out of the box with Ramp, and you get the benefits of, of increasing to, to not have to do a lot of the fun, the not so fun work of managing expense reports. So you'll see a lot of focus on these core areas, as well as we think some uh, some pretty cool new features that we'll announce. How do the economics change working with a smaller company versus a larger company? Is there uh, is the benefit to you guys, is the margin better on one versus the other? Is it just completely a scale game? So you want to try to get larger companies because they're going to have more transaction volumes and whatnot. Like, how do you think about that aspect of it? Yeah, we, th- we don't think it, uh, as much directly about that. What we think about is we're in a lucky spot in that um, when you've developed and had spent so much time and resources developing an infrastructure and a software platform, that does show to have really, really strong market fit. Um, And we've all been in the sector enough to see plenty of times where that doesn't happen. So you certainly appreciate it when you do see that product market fit. It's really an opportunity, it really shows how greenfield the overall opportunity is. Um, People like to throw that phrase around a lot. I think it's often overused. This is a case where it really seems to, to apply in that the incumbents are delivering solutions that are clearly not maximizing the value to, to users. I've never been part of trying to bring a product to market where you have so many different companies clearly see the value very early on. It's in part because it is so quick and easy to get set up. It's in part because they see the innovation continuing. Um, so for us, it's very much how do we continue to, to focus on those areas. And we're, we're pretty excited about where we think that's going uh, to take us and where that's going to take our customers. So in that aspect too, there's a lot of areas of fintech where we wonder if there's like this race to zero in pricing. Are you feeling any pricing pressure given that there are a lot of other options that companies can use for corporate expense management and whatnot? We're not. It's it's interesting. I think companies that feel the pricing pressure are ones that are focusing not enough on the value they're providing to customers. So for, for us, we've had this discussion a lot internally. It was part of uh, the discussions early on for Ramp. It's an ongoing discussion. One of the things we have a lot of comfort around, I think one tenant that holds up, is as long as you're delivering significant value to users, that will be, quote, monetized in different forms. There's different ways to, to, to do that. Um, for us, it has continued to serve us well to really focus on how can we ensure to do that. And if we can maximize the value we're, we're providing to customers, 
um, the quote monetization piece, the margin piece will, will naturally take care of itself. That may evolve over time in different forms as quote the industry evolves, but there's no plans to, to change anything in the, in the at this point and really just a desire to continue to ensure that we can make that commitment to users where they continue to get more than they expected from the solution and we, we feel the value will, will continue to uh, follow from there. Switching gears to everyone's dying to know, when are we going to be able to finally buy shares of Stripe? Like everyone wants to be able to buy them, have them be a public company. Like what insight can you give us from your time there? Like when that might finally happen? So not to uh, disappoint you, but I have, I have no insights on, on not surprisingly on that specific question. All I will say <laughs> is uh, Stripe is the, is the best company beyond Series D that I've worked for. It was a fantastic place. I cannot have, uh, I am in the camp of being extremely, extremely bullish and excited about Stripe, but uh Sorry to disappoint that I have no no specifics on uh, on that on that topic. Well, if you ever want to sell any of the shares that you have from your time there on the secondary, I, I know a few people that would love to buy them up. It's so amazing how many friends you get. It's it's such a great way to make friends <laughs> when, when you have when you have access to that. Exactly, exactly. Another thing too, I mentioned that you worked for Clarity Money um, that was acquired by Goldman Sachs to be weaved into its Marcus product. That you met one of Ramp's co-founders, Kareem, during your time at Clarity Money as well, correct? I did. I had a pleasure of working with his brother, Mark, who is the CEO of one of the other best companies in New York called Pop. Yeah, very different space. It's a, a very different space. startup. Yes. But also, you know, I, I have my dog on my lap right now. So another startup that we love as well. <laughs> I will say I became uh, a, a pop customer very quickly. I have a dog here as well. Aw, very cute. Very cute. Um, so like you said, Stripe was one of the best companies you've ever worked for. What did Kareem and Eric say or do to convince you that to move on from a very mm -hmm. great role at a great place? Yeah, so there are two things. One, being at Stripe, you're in a really, really fortunate position, and you try not to take it for granted. It's because it is a company that is extremely, um, and candidly, the, the best-run company I've, I've ever seen at any type of scale. And you're with a great management team. You're learning a lot. and you're, You can really do a lot to tra help transform the market in some small way. Um, what got my attention at Ramp is one, like we were talking about, the product market fit is incredibly strong. So to have an opportunity to go to a company at an early stage where you're seeing customers truly valuing the solution, you see the incumbents are, are, are not delivering as much as they could to those customers. You see an immensely strong product engineering team. Those are all exciting things from a pure investor standpoint. So like your, your comments around Stripe, which I definitely appreciate, was how I felt about Ramp. How can I get in? How, how can we possibly invest in this opportunity in some form? The second piece is very much around integrity, trust, and, and skill sets. Um, Kareem and Eric are the best co-founders I, I have seen in, in fintech. I've had the pleasure of knowing them now for five years or so and got to know them really well uh, before joining Ramp and to have a level of trust in them and the board in terms of staying true to those principles around really focusing on the customer, not taking the eye off of that. And you, you, you have a lot of discussions like these, you hear the different terms thrown around a lot in terms of obsessing about customers and trying to deliver value. There are very few companies I think that actually do that and have the skill sets to do that internally. It's clear Ramp has a long-term commitment to that. Uh, so I felt really lucky to have the chance to come on fairly early and, uh, and join the team. Yeah, you probably joined at day like 800 or something like that. You haven't been there too long, so you're, you're still super early as well. Um, you have experience at startups from various stages. Like you said, Stripe was fairly later on when you joined them. 
Ramp is still fairly new, as well as some corporate companies. Like you joined mm -hmm. Goldman Sachs when they acquired Clarity. You were at American Express for a little bit. Tell what are some of the stark differences that you see between traditional finance as well as some of the upstarts, especially now that it feels like traditional finance is finally starting to like get it and realize yep. that fintech is something that they they need to focus on or they're going to lose customers to. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you have so many smart and talented people at both types of companies. What's still really striking um, to me is just unless I think you uh, have some type of strong bench, strong inclination and some experience really working at a, and being part of some world-class engineering organizations, it's easy to miss the extent to which that resource of a fantastic engineering and product team coupled with a culture that truly is putting customers and users first, which is something that Stripe embodies, that Ramp embodies, it makes such a difference in how quickly, you can, not just how quickly you can get products out and, and innovate, but also the, the long-term quality and how you manage any interactions with, with customers. Um, I think in general, still, a lot of the quote, more traditional incumbent companies who have great teams, great people, in a lot of cases, great brands, they're still not um, approaching it from the standpoint of how can we truly produce products that we will obsess over, that customers will love? How can we ensure we have the talent, the resources internally to do that? And when we have to decide what to do in the future in terms of innovation or dealing with customer requests, what does it mean to really prioritize what a customer or user wants? Um, for, us at, for us at Ramp, it's part of what's driven the, the continued focus on this acquisition with, with Buyer, where now we do have additional resources to help companies save more. It's part of why we're so maniacal around tracking what's, what is our customer satisfaction and what things in Portland do they say we should change and adjust. Um, so th those are some of the things that, that I think really are easy to talk about, but hard to really understand the impact of unless you've been able to be part of those companies and see really what difference does it make in terms of the amount of innovation and the output from companies. Yeah, and you've also gone through an acquisition before. And what are your thoughts on that going forward? Because I feel like there there has been a shift to more M and A, both like you guys acquiring Buyer as well as Goldman acquiring Clarity Money. Uh, you know, it, it's not just as simple as like paying for the company and like you're all good. There's a lot of integration that goes into it. Like mm -hmm. it took a fairly long time for Marcus to integrate Clarity. That's almost like just recently fully happening. And that's what, like three years ago or something. So there's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes. Like, do you see this trend continuing? Do you think it's going to work? Like, What are some things that people or companies, I should say, really need to keep in mind if they do decide to go down that route? I think it really starts with why are you, quote, doing it in the first place? Why are you engaging in M&A? And I think still what you see is too many companies that are doing M&A for the sake of doing M&A. Um, it can be a great lever to pull, but it's a lever to pull to add more value to your customers, not to not for other reasons. You reference rightly that we've had a couple of fundraises across the last X number of months. It puts us in a fortunate position to figure out how can we use these assets, this access to capital, to better deliver for our customers. If you're looking at it any other way, then you're probably looking at it in a way that's going to be suboptimal in terms of the value you'll be able to create. We look at M&A in, in the same reason. There's a lot of companies that can be, quote, acquired in some form, but it's A, which companies are really going to stay core to what we're doing delivering as ramp. Um, it's part of why I keep going back to the, referencing the importance of delivering savings. That's a commitment to our customers, and we better continue to deliver there. 
The buyer acquisition is just a fantastic vehicle for us to do that. There'll be additional stuff that we do to help companies manage payment flows, to manage corporate expenses, to do a lot of the things that whether you're a CFO or employee at a company you want to do. Um, to the core of the question, though, unless the M&A is driven by a direct value prop you want to deliver to a customer, and to your point, you're thinking about how do you integrate this, both in terms of the people, but in terms of the product experience itself, um, you're going to be set up in a spot where it's gonna, it will not be ultimately the outcome that you or your customers want. And that is going to be the ultimate test at the end in terms of whether or not this was a, a successful or thoughtful um, acquisition to execute. On that note, if someone is running a company or looking for a new expense program, help with some financial management, how do they find out more about you guys? Who do they talk to? Just If they just go to ramp.com or tryramp.com, uh, it's a very simple um, way for them to reach out, and we will happily follow up right away. We're lucky in that a lot of companies have gone start with ramp just by going to ramp.com or tryramp.com, and from there, the team is ready to uh, hopefully get them to be part of the ramp experience. Awesome. And if you guys want to stay up to date on all things fintech, uh, sign up at fintechtoday.co. We have a newsletter, obviously, this Tux Time podcast. You're going to be inundated and know everything about fintech, sometimes even before the rest of the world knows that it's happening, too. So uh, thank you again, Colin, for joining us today. This was fun. We'll have to do it again soon when some of those new products you alluded to launch in the next few months. Julie, I look forward to it. It's so good to see you. Thanks for having me.